0: Welcome on
1: board, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McRan, hands across from me. Actually, Mark is just still recovering from a day off yesterday, and he's forgotten to put his headphones on. What day is this? This is Tuesday.
2: <laughs> All day long, Mark. All right. Thanks for handling Catbird yesterday. Very much appreciated. Happy to do it. It, it came
1: with quite a shock to me, as a matter of fact. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> I didn't know you weren't coming in. <laughs> All right. Well, we've asked for and received an opportunity to talk to one of the greatest authors and commentators and uh, educators around, Leonard Steinhorn is on the line. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Leonard.
3: Hey, I don't recognize that person you're introducing. <laughs>
2: on, <huh? laughs> yeah. yeah, He wasn't available, but Leonard was. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Well, let's uh, start out with President Trump's grip on, grip on the Republican Party and the outcome of some of the primaries that have happened so far and the ones that are to come. I always think the Republican Party is busted because of him. But uh, he is on a streak lately with his uh, his uh, candidates winning. And so is the, has there been any release of the grip by President Trump? And uh, sort of what is the state of the GOP now?
3: Well, look, uh, you know, sort of the big one everyone was talking about was uh, Liz Cheney losing in a landslide in Wyoming. Here was somebody with a... voting record in accordance with Donald Trump when he was president who is very conservative but she took him on with impeachment with January 6th and Donald Trump says she has to go she loses in the landslide everyone says Donald Trump has a grip on the party as you're suggesting and he's had a good streak a lot of his candidates uh, you look in Ohio and Pennsylvania and Arizona have done quite well the one outlier here is Georgia you know a, a, you know a couple months ago uh, he couldn't prevail his preferred gubernatorial candidate uh, lost big um, uh, his attempt to defeat the sitting Secretary of State lost big um, so Georgia seems to be the outlier there um, and in part that's because he tried to meddle so much in their election uh, uh, you have that tape recording where he was asking for those extra whatever 12,000 votes uh, and uh, uh, they lost those two, uh, you know, special elections in January for, for Senate. Um, and a lot of people think that they, the Republicans lost that because of Donald Trump's interference. So, yes, he has a very, very strong grip on the party right now. The whole thing at Mar-a-Lago seems to have increased his hold and gotten more people loyal and defending him. Uh, but still, we're a long way from 2024, uh, and we'll have to see how the some of his candidates fare in the fall elections coming up.
1: I think you just hit the nail on the head. He's done well in Republican primaries with Republican voters, but these people have yet to stand the test of facing the general electorate as a whole. How well do you think they might survive there?
3: Well, again, uh, it's unclear, but with Mitch McConnell sort of speaking a little bit pessimistically about the Republican chances uh, in uh, the Senate, you have to think it's because a lot of those candidates that Donald Trump has endorsed are the ones that are, are standard bearers for the Republican Party in those states. So if you lose the seat in Pennsylvania because your candidate, Dr. Oz, is so weak and a poor candidate, heavily endorsed by Donald Trump. If you lose the seat in Arizona or don't, you know, aren't able to topple Mark Kelly in Arizona, it's because you put up a very, very radical and extreme candidate uh, who is supported uh, by Donald Trump. Um, and that may be the case in a various other states. And if, if so, uh, and if his candidates do lose, it's going to give a lot of Republicans pause as to whether some of the candidates Donald Trump has been endorsing are simply there because, A, they're loyal to him. And B, because they're taking some very, very extreme positions, not just on the 2020 election, uh, but on other issues as well. So that might be the opening for people like Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or some of the other people who want to run in the Republican Party. Uh, And again, uh, I think all eyes are going to be on what happens in November. However, if he can pull it off and somehow these candidates do win because a lot of the Trump voters go out in high numbers and turnout is great, Um, then all of a sudden it becomes Donald Trump's party, absolutely. And if he decides to run in 2024, it's going to be his for the taking.
1: Do you think the Republicans went for name recognition over substance and picking candidates like Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker?
3: Yeah, and yet Herschel Walker, I should have mentioned him, yes, uh, you know, part of it's name recognition, um, uh, you know, but Dr. Oz, you know, barely squeaked through uh, on that primary against somebody else who did have a lot of resources and was able to go toe-to-toe with Dr. Oz. Um, I think the Trump uh, support had a big deal Uh you know you've got all these folks who really want to defend donald trump who want him on their side who will listen to him and remember most people you know they're not studying the depths of all of these candidates they're looking for shortcuts in terms of what they should do lots of voters are what i would call low information voters they sort of have a sense of who they might like they might follow the news a bit they might see some of the advertising on tv but if somebody like donald trump says hey that person's okay that sort of gives them permission to say, hey, uh, Donald Trump says they're okay. Maybe I'll vote for them. So I do think um, that does have an impact beyond just the name recognition. Because you go look at Arizona um, and Blake Masters, who didn't have a lot of name recognition, though he had a lot of money because the billionaire Peter Thiel uh, was funding his campaign. Um, I think uh, that did have an impact. Or you look at Ohio, where Yes, J.D. Vance, who had a big name because of his uh, best-selling book, won the primary, but he was sort of languishing uh, in the middle of the pack, uh, despite his name recognition, until Donald Donald Trump gave him the thumbs up. So I think part of it is Donald Trump says you're okay. A lot of his supporters are going to go out and vote. Again, it's voting in elections in the United States is not always about uh, who you know is the best candidate or who everybody wants or who wins the entire state it's about who wins the voters that turn out and if you can get your voters motivated and you can get high turnout among your voters that often is the biggest boost
2: for you. I think you said one time that this, sometimes people just vote for the least worst <laughs> candidate, to do. So that person comes out the winner. Uh, in Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz and Doug Mastriano are starting to make headway in trying to tighten up the race between John Fetterman and Josh Shapiro for the Senate and the uh, governorship here in Pennsylvania. Do you see those as becoming a close race? It hasn't been all that close in Pennsylvania. Up
3: Well, these races are going to tighten up, um, even if you have a terrible candidate who's gotten hammered with a lot of money that the Democrats have been putting in early uh, to define their opponents it's going to tighten up because people come home to their party affiliation. And especially these days in such a polarized country, you know, people pretty much stick with their party. The, you know, the, even so-called independents are pretty much aligned with a particular party. I think the bigger question is whether uh, the Democratic attempts to define uh, Oz and Mastriano as too extreme in Mastriano's case uh, and Oz is basically a carpet bagger, a New Jerseyan who, you know, decided he just wanted to, you know, have a new toy in the Senate and run in Pennsylvania. I think, you know, the question is how much did that Democratic defining of these candidates work? I think it's had a big impact. But of course, you know, Oz can sort of erase the fact that he has what ten homes. That he's lived in New Jersey, and that's going to be sort of a weight that's going to be on his shoulders. And he hasn't yet effectively sort of counteracted that and done a good job defining Fetterman. And I think in Mastriano's case, the more he's aligned with extremist groups, what is, uh, did I just read that uh, some of his security t- uh, detail is filled with some very, very radical extremist people? Uh, The more that stuff comes out, the more you're going to push a lot of those voters who might be open to a Republican message uh, back into the Democratic Party. So I think it's going to tighten up because people do come home. But these two candidates have, you know, some big hills to climb over to be able to make it much more competitive.
1: Well, Fetterman's certainly a non-traditional candidate. He describes himself as such on his TV ads. You know, here's a guy who wears shorts and uh, pullovers and tank tops and uh, has tattoos all over the place. You know, how come he's been taken so seriously? In the past, a candidate like that would have been laughed
3: off. Well, look, he was a mayor. He was lieutenant governor. Um, and I think people like unorthodox candidates. I mean, go dial back 20-plus years uh, to Minnesota. And you remember who became governor, don't you? Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So talk about unorthodox candidates. I mean, if you want to like, sort of put uh, John Fetterman right in the template of Jesse Ventura, there you go. You have it. Um, and so I think what people are looking for is authenticity. And if I were the Dr. Oz campaign, I would be trying to attack... The authenticity of John Fetterman because I think that's really what the Fetterman brand is, is a degree of authenticity. And you're beginning to see some of that with cer- certain questions. Hey, this guy isn't like that sort of authentic, you know, sort of uh, working class guy. He came from a middle class family. His family did pretty well. You know, what is he doing? He's posing as something that he really isn't. You're seeing some of that coming from the Oz campaign, uh, but you uh, You know, then you've got Fetterman with his health condition, and I think that could hurt him, but it could also help him because Americans like a story of overcoming adversity. Um, And insofar as he talks about how close he came to death, that sort of humanizes him in a way that could potentially neutralize some of the attacks that Oz may go against him with. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, he's really unorthodox. He's very different. But he was lieutenant governor. um, And it's not that Americans will, you know, sort of look the other way when somebody like this comes before them because they like that degree of authenticity.
4: But
1: that was like self-imposed. Um, a a sad story on Fetterman's part. He knew what he was uh, supposed to do. He was supposed to take a drug that would have kept him from having a stroke. I know because I have that same condition and I take the drug, you know. So isn't his own uh, culpability here an issue that's likely to come up?
3: It could. You know, but who likes to pounce on somebody who had such a serious health condition, <laughs> who's you know recovering from that? Even you know, if they ignore it, a doctor's advice. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it makes you seem sort of callous if you're going to say that. Um, hey, you should have taken that drug, and you wouldn't All have right. gotten the stroke. Well, you know, you know, imagine somebody saying that, or imagine Doctor Oz saying that, and Fetterman looking at him in the eye and saying, you know, pushing back and saying, "Who are you, Mister Perfect?" You know, we all have, you know, issues in life. I never thought this would happen to me. Uh, It did happen to me, and I'm doing, and I've recovered from one of the worst possible things I can ever face. And then, you know, Dr. Oz goes and crawls in the corner for seeming to come off as pretty cold and, and unsympathetic to somebody's health situation. Because, you know, the voters will look at themselves and say, hey, I could have this happen
2: to me, too. Well, I think oh, sure, ignoring yeah. doctors' advice is a national pastime in the U.S., so I don't think anybody's going fault, <laughs> to fault him for that. All right, so uh, we got the November election coming up. Uh, abortion or inflation? Which is going to steal the show?
3: Well, I think there's going to be sort of one of those indicator elections today in New York um We have seen the abortion issue really become center stage. Just look at what happened in conservative Kansas, where the uh, pro choice side won in a landslide. Um, so, today in the 19th Congressional District in New York, um, the sitting member of Congress, Anthony Delgado, uh, took on the position of lieutenant governor. Um, so, this is a swing district. Uh this is a district that's been represented by Republicans in the past. Now Delgado, a Democrat, uh, was their sitting member of Congress. And Kat Ryan, the Democratic candidate, is making abortion the issue and his opponent, Mark Molinaro, is trying to avoid talking about abortion at every opportunity. You have to imagine, given the inflation and the concerns about that, even though, you know, it seems not to be as severe, or there may be some light at the end of the tunnel, or gas prices are down, so it may be less of a compelling issue to people than it was maybe a month or so ago. Um, But uh, here you have, will Molinaro's focus on the economy prevail, or Ryan's focus on abortion prevail? And I think everyone's going to be looking at that as to whether abortion becomes the prevailing issue and perhaps even more importantly than the prevailing issue does it motivate democrats to go out and vote in, a, in an election where they otherwise might not have been motivated to do so uh, when their party was pretty demoralized for a long time based on inflation and Joe Biden's low but now recovering Uh, favorability numbers. Um, So I think we're all going to be keeping our eyes on that one, because this is as swinging a district as you get, even though it's in New York state. So uh, keep an eye on that one, and we'll see uh, how much the Democrats turn out, how much independents, and especially independent women, say, hey, you know, this is the prevailing image for me. I've got to be able to vote on abortion, because this is an existential threat to me, my family, my daughters, my friends. Um, We'll see how that plays out. But I do think right now, with gas prices going down um, uh, and with uh, Joe Biden's popularity going up a little bit, given his victories in Washington, um, you're still going to see high motivation among Republicans voting in November. But what was the motivation gap between Republicans and Democrats, which is pretty big just four, five, six weeks ago, has pretty much now evened out, and I think part of the reason for that is the demise of Roe v. Wade and the Supreme Court's top decision. So, again, keep an eye on this congressional district tonight, and that may tell us a lot.
1: I know we've got to let you go, but one quick question. NBC poll yesterday, the, the top thing Americans, were, they found were interested in, was threats to our democracy, as opposed to, let's say, the number two, which was pretty far back, the economy. Do you buy it?
3: You know, I think I buy it in part, Um, especially now that every time you drive past the corner gas station the price has gone down significantly and so it's not as compelling an issue visually even though people feel it in high prices of food high prices of housing they're cutting back but also people tend to adjust a little bit and certain things become less top of mind but I do think that you know what Liz Cheney has been doing and the January sixth committee and the possibility that Donald Trump withheld hundreds of top-secret documents, the same accusation that arguably hurt Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. Um, And, you know, former President Trump's ongoing uh, talk about uh, the 2020 election and elections being stolen and people talking about election workers quitting in certain states because they can't take the harassment and the accusations and the death threats. I think that stuff does seep through, and insofar as probably the greatest birthright we have in America is our democracy and our democratic institutions, it may have taken a while for this issue to sort of bubble up, but I do think it's an issue that people think about and talk about, and they don't want to lose something that's so important to us, which are our democratic institutions. So. Again, uh, you know, you bundle that with a whole bunch of other issues that people are feeling, and, uh, you know, it's unclear whether Republicans are saying that on behalf of of Donald Trump, saying that our democracy is in peril, or Democrats are saying that because of January 6th and because of Donald Trump. But insofar as people feel a threat to our democracy, I actually think that's healthy, because there's nothing greater in our society than the preservation of our democracy and before we became a wealthy nation it was our democracy that became a beacon throughout the world that other people wanted to emulate and i don't think we want to lose that at all so we've got to do some reckoning as a nation and if people are thinking about it and it's good because therefore we have to talk about it debate it preserve it and protect it as our as an oath of office says and uh my guess is it's Not maybe top of mind for all Americans, but it's become more back of mind for a lot of Americans and I don't see a problem with that. I think that's good. We
2: have to talk about it. Well, we'll invite you to participate in that conversation in the future with us. Thank you so much, Professor Steinhorn. Very much appreciate it.
1: Always a pleasure, sir. Same
3: here. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Take care.
2: Leonard Steinhorn, American University Professor of History and Communications and CBS News Political Analyst, uh, made available to us from time to time, so we appreciate that. All right, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll host Open Phones. This and The show is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15 in Hummelsworth. They invite you to do what I've done. Ask them to test drive a Bronco, an Edge, an Escape, an Expedition, a Taurus, an F-150, F-250, and the F-750 dump truck that's down there for one of the local townships. And then make your decision on which you wish to drive at the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. Call us now if you'd like to comment on some of uh, Professor Steinhorn's remarks. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at at onthemarkatwdkokid.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM.
4: There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing They can explain it in English what the problem is.
2: One of our good listeners says, uh, Leonard Steinhorn leans left, or is way left, but uh, we'll read that in a moment. But I thought Leonard Steinhorn was pretty close to the middle today.
1: He has a, a slightly left viewpoint, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's not illegitimate. No, you know? and if you were listening carefully, he laid out three roads to Republican victory yeah. in the fall. <laughs> Sorry, fall
2: plus 2024.
1: And I so. thought he was very, com- you know, he's had some com- positive things to say about the Republican candidates and what is likely to happen. So, Mike, you're on the mark.
2: Thanks for calling.
5: Yeah, I wanted to talk about your commentator you just had on there. I came in uh, in the middle of it or maybe even towards the end. But from what I heard him say, I heard him use some adjectives for Republican candidates: radical, extreme, and far left. And I, I would like to ask him: Does he ever describe any uh, Democrats that he, when he's commentating as far right?
1: What Republican did he describe? Radical? What Republican did he describe as far left?
5: Well, I, I don't know, but I, I, I wrote hear the names him. down. I wrote the words down as he uh, uh, used them. And I know he was talking about a Republican, I, you know, you're putting me on the spot Maybe Mastriano. I think it was Mastriano.
1: He, he was talking yeah. about the perception. We asked him a question specifically, I and mean, whether you like it or not, Mastriano is considered outside the mainstream, if you will, in some of his views. Don't you think? Right.
6: Oh,
5: absolutely. Absolutely. But, I mean, if you look at Fetterman, some of the, some of the behaviors and things that he uh, right. is backing, He's, he's out there, too, but he talked about uh, Fetterman, and, well, he came clean on his refusal to take the medicine, and, and voters like that. It's a human. They make a connection. <laughs> right. you, know, he was, you know, I'm just talking about the way people are manipulated, okay? And I think most people see through this, but there's a, there's a certain percentage of the voters that they only, they only hear what they hear, and they don't think about it too hard, and, and they, they act on that. And I, ju- I just think that when... And, like, again, I don't know whether he, uh, you know, carries himself as a, a nonpartisan or when he he does his commentary that he tries to be fair or not, but I just don't think he was fair in in uh, in his thing. Now, was, was, would he, was he correct in saying that, you know, some people view Mastriano as, you know, far-right, uh, you know, extremists and things like that? Yes, but listen, there's a lot of people that have valid concerns about Fetterman and other Democrat candidates, including Shapiro. And I, I just wanted to bring that up and yep. say how I feel and what I think about people
7: like that. Well, did
1: you hear him say, uh, and we're talking about Fetterman, I thought he was very balanced, because he talked about Fetterman perhaps portraying himself as something he isn't. You know, that he isn't really this uh, man of the people that he proposes to be. He was born in a very well-to-do family. You know, he had a lot of advantages.
5: Oh. Yeah, exactly, he, he, he did say that, but he didn't. He he was, you know, talking about it in in a somewhat of a compassionate way. He didn't say, you know, he's he's running as a fake or coming off as you know a fraud or anything like that. And uh, and it, and when he was talking about uh, what's his name, Oz, you know, to me you, it it just felt that he was not giving him a a fair shake as he was giving Fetterman. That's all. that's all I wanted to say. And I I don't think I'm wrong. I mean, you know, we can nitpick on, you know, different things that this fellow said. But overall, I feel that he, uh, you know, came across as a nonpartisan when he was talking about the candidates.
1: Well, I mean, I thought he—he. He, we asked him, he's an analyst. For example, if we get a CBS correspondent on in the morning, we're not allowed to ask their opinion about something because they're news people. But Leonard is a, a commentator, and so we're allowed to ask for his opinions or his analysis of what he sees. Mm-hmm. And I think he's always been outstanding in giving us a, a, an analysis, maybe sometimes slightly to the left. But I can't, you know, it's hard to pick apart what he says because he's actually expressing the two schools of thought, the school of thought on the right and the school of thought on the left. To be continued.
2: Mike, thank you so much for checking in. Call back if you need more time. He's got to have more time. We need to talk more about this. All right. (laughs) But to be continued during the 9 a.m. hour, we'll have news headlines. Mark Lawrence here. Mr. Joe McGranahan's directly across from me. Rob Center produced yesterday. Today it's Lynn Hall. And so we always appreciate that. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.
0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
2: Greetings. Welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me. We had Leonard Steinhorn on the line with his political analysis about the primaries around the U.S., inflation or abortion. What will be the biggest factor this fall? We answered that question. You heard his answer to that question. And of course, talking about Dr. Oz and. Doug Mastriano, and uh, they are a little bit closer in the latest polls, so good news for them as they get closer to the November election. You're listening to On the Mark. It's the WKOK Live telephone talk show. we got two fabulous emails to read very shortly. No text yet. You can send a text to us at 70236. First, put the keyword in OTM in your text, and then you got 150 characters <laughs> to <laughs> Which basically describes our audience also. But uh, anyway, um, you, you can send us a text. Well, yeah, you're being nasty to the people who are kind well, they're, enough they're every wonderful. day to listen to us. They're wonderful characters. <laughs> they're great people. They're Shakespearean characters. Okay. On the mark at Macbeth or King Lear? Juliet. On the mark at is our email. You can call us 1 800 795 9565. 1 800 795 9565 and our show is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. We do have lots of news headlines today. A cooperative effort of the Union County Industrial Railroad and PennDOT will result in a new long-lasting rail repair coming soon to Winfield. <laughs> The crossing, which has been deemed dangerous by many individuals, will start work on September 8th and should be done by the 19th. We'll do it in half widths with the northbound first, then the southbound, and they'll hope to have that repaired soon. So the Winfield track's going to be repaired very soon, about two and a half weeks, they'll start that work. Reagan Street in Sunbury will soon be reopened to traffic after being closed since last summer. Sunbury officials announced Monday it's estimated the road will be reopen tomorrow. A couple of concerns being addressed, not the least of which is the regular flooding of the Reagan Street underpass. That should be resolved. That little leaguer that received a concussion in a fall from a bunk bed today doing a little bit better. Matt Catrillo tells us that a team of doctors has determined that Easton has improved to the point that he can have the procedure to replace the skull flap later this week in the hopes of a potential discharge to Take place early next week. Uh, Here's an update that Matt gave us earlier.
1: Geisinger says he can be transferred home in the next 24 to 48 hours. He's now said to be in fair condition. Frank Maffey is the chairman of pediatrics at Janet Wise Children's Hospital and the pediatric critical care physician who was on call the day Oliverson was rushed to the hospital.
7: We want to ensure that he is able to tolerate oral intake that he continues to progress in his physical and occupational therapy, and that um, he has the appropriate transport mechanisms in place, which we're working on as we speak.
4: All right, you can
2: see Matt's full update at WKOK.com. In York County, what they're calling a mass casualty stabbing incident happened yesterday. It happened in rural York County. A 34-year-old woman and a 5-year-old child were killed. A number of individuals taken to hospitals, the exact number not known. Uh, authorities say they're not releasing the nature of the stabbing yet. No arrests have been made, according to state police at the york barracks so stay tuned for details on that tragic incident democrats still hold leads but just slight leads now in the two high-profile races in pennsylvania according to the latest polling data
8: a trafalgar group poll shows lieutenant governor john fetterman has a five-point lead over republican celebrity dr Mehmet oz in the race to replace retiring senator pat toomey in the u.s senate The same poll shows Attorney General John Shapiro has about a four-point lead over former Army Colonel and State Senator Doug Mastriano in the race for the governor's office. The midterm election is set for Tuesday, November 8th. Mark Sims, News Radio, 1070 WKOK.
2: The Center Square is reporting alcohol related crashes in Pennsylvania hit a five year low in 2020, while motor vehicle related injuries have also fallen. The death toll has been relatively flat. Alcohol related fatalities are trending downward, according to the Pennsylvania DUI Association. The state saw 7,700 alcohol related crashes in 2020 compared to 9,300. In 2019, in 2016, 10,000 crashes were noted. We have more about this posted at WKOK.com. You'll get a new custom-made COVID booster this fall. CBS's Matt Piper has the latest on that.
0: Pfizer has submitted an updated COVID-19 vaccine for regulatory approval. The company says the shots have been revised to specifically target new strains of the Omicron variant. The FDA hopes to approve the new vaccine before winter in time for a booster dose campaign.
2: And not to be undone, Moderna says they'll have a new specialized fall booster available shortly as well. And if you ever misplaced your keys, you can do what a guy in Detroit just did and surgically implant them into your hand. He had the chip from his key fob placed under the skin of the back of his hand, so he now has to never remember to bring his keys. The chip is about the size of a grain of rice and he's part of a trial group that's testing them out. You don't even need a surgeon to do it. You can get it done at any place that does piercings. What about
1: the battery? Those batteries
2: go out from time to time. Well, these chips last a long time. They don't transmit all the time. They're activated by the radio waves from your car, and then they transmit, and then you get them. um, So
1: every time he sneezes, his garage door goes (laughs) up.
2: What? I don't think so. Possible. <laughs> hey, Bob, your car's <laughs> running out there. Did you cough again? <laughs> all right, so there you have it. Yeah, that's the uh, the mark of the devil right there, <laughs> getting your key fob chip implanted under your skin. Well, we all know those chips are being implanted. They're waiting to get us. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketable.com and text us at 70236. One of our good listeners. Did not. Wasn't uh,
1: too big of a fan of Leonard Steinhorn. Like Leonard Steinhorn. Doug says, uh, to your so-called political expert guest, we get it. Just like the rest of the lefty political hacks, you hate Trump. He basically said if you vote for Trump, back candidates, you are a low-information voter. What an arrogant, indoctrinated liberal he is. Wait, well, He didn't say just Trump voters. <laughs> I think he was saying everybody. He was talking about everybody. He said, everybody. <laughs> and he wasn't saying everybody was a low-information voter. He said there are some low-information voters. See, this is what we talked about before. <laughs> if you are ultra-conservative or ultra-liberal... You hear Horrible stuff. It affects what you hear. (laughs) Right. Anyway, if I know a candidate who questions the 2020 election, who questioned the response to COVID and the mandates for the jab, and one who says there are only two genders, they will absolutely get my vote. Not because I'm low informed, but because I don't buy into the left wing propaganda shoved down our throats by the media and our government.
2: Doug, you are not a typical voter, so you don't fit into that low well, information category. No, he's certainly not category. low information. No, he, he no. has
1: definite information that he likes. And then to balance it, our friend E.B., who never lets an opportunity go by to cram something down the throats oh. of the <laughs> this Republicans. this is the other side of the perspective. Yeah. He says, for years I listened to conservatives scream that Hillary Clinton should be locked up because of her emails. Locked. Now we learn that Trump held on to more than 300 highly classified documents after leaving the White House. In other words... What he did was far worse than what Hillary did, so that means he should be locked up, right? Of course he should. And yet oddly, those same conservatives seem to think that what he did was justified or not a big deal. It's just further evidence that Trumpism is a cult, and conservatives are the most hypocritical people on the planet. National security doesn't matter, only protecting dear leader matters. The fact is, Trump deserves to spend the rest of his life in jail, and after he dies, they should keep his Corpse in jail for all of eternity. Lock him up.
2: (laughs) Are you? You were looking for an extreme Democrat yesterday. We found one. Okay. Yeah. All right. right. You
1: know, but uh, you know, he he wants Trump locked up, but he doesn't think that what Hillary did deserves to have any kind of consequences. Well,
2: you know, and I think Hillary broke the law, right? I mean, that's you're not. They called her handling
1: of it careless. They could have called it criminal.
2: Well. Who allowed that? I know that she used that while she was secretary. Well, of State. She
1: did it on her own, her own hubris.
2: Right, but just as Trump did it with his own. hubris. We have hubris. no watchdogs anywhere monitoring this. And say, well, hey, Hillary by the was way, was
1: told that she had a. a but she was warned. She early She was warned. On. She was told early on. Okay, but didn't she really didn't. Her arrogance didn't permit her to accept that criticism <laughs> and correct it <laughs> or fix it. Okay, well then, the,
2: just as Donald Trump's arrogance led him to take. Then shame on us for letting her do it. It's bad that she did it, and you know, criminal or. Uh, just foolish. We'll we'll let the judge decide. Although but, no judge is shame to on decide us for let not it having, go. Yeah, shame on us for not prosecuting.
1: And I'll go back to what I said yesterday. If Donald Trump did something wrong, he should be prosecuted. You know, and and should the investigation. I think it said. That same poll we talked about yesterday, the NBC poll, I think said something like fifty eight percent of the American public says that the investigations into President Trump should be continued. Okay. And so and and as our friend Steve pointed out yesterday, smoke versus fire. If there's a plenty of smoke somewhere, there's probably a little fire hanging around somewhere.
2: <laughs> well, and I think people who head to the polls that sort of vote on the important things that I'm not going to say cursory issues have a lot to decide. You know, Do you think that abortion is the issue? I know one of the sound bites from the weekend shows over the weekend was even though I am uh, pro-life I don't think I should impose my will on other people. Other people should have the right to choose abortion if they so choose. So I think that will be on the minds of some folks. But we also heard from people who say, oh my gosh, inflation and rents are, are terrible. Yeah. You know, you're not getting by and you know we keep hearing about wage increases but they certainly have not increased the wages well, they're of not everybody keeping pace with inflation that's for sure well that's true that was then but you know you still have you know you hear about jobs that cost 30 dollars an hour but then you hear of a a nursing oriented job that's just a uh it's uh, $15 an hour. So, you know, they're not all the way, you know, they certainly haven't caught up across the board uh, with some of that. So, yeah, there's a lot to think about. Do you like President Trump or not? I mean, that'll be on the minds of folks. Do you want, as uh, David Rowe talked about, do you want abortion without any exceptions at all whatsoever? Or do you, do you think sort of how do we, like we have in Pennsylvania now, 24 weeks with uh, exceptions for rape or incest or life of the mother, things like that. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think there's a lot. And I don't know if you can say one is key. I think if you are living paycheck to paycheck, I think probably all the Republican candidates look like the best people ever. Ron DeSantis is going to come out of this looking good because Florida is a thriving state. So. Well,
1: and I think it was also that 58 percent of the people in this NBC poll said America's headed in the wrong direction. The country's yeah, headed that, in the wrong direction. Yeah, that's a
2: fascinating finding. A bipartisan concern for the nation is relatively rare.
1: And of course, like that. our friend Steve and other liberals think Biden had nothing to do with that. It's just malcontent on the part of the American public, I guess.
2: Well, I don't think President Biden is a threat to democracy, but I certainly do think No, that I think th-
1: he could easily be.
2: Um, but it's, here's here's what I wanted to... The, sentence, uh, the second half of that sentence is the idea that if you're participating and fomenting and ginning up... Uh, do you like that? Oh uh, yes. Ginning like up gin the... Up. The division in the U.S., the political division, was certainly President Trump, and Pete Buttigieg has been a big part of that. I'm sure he doesn't fly private or flies uh, privately, but he was talking about how the airlines are really suffering. So anyway, so uh, I think that, you know, you... You think of the Democrats as being part of that problem. You know they are exacerbating this issue. You know if they're if you think that they are anti-drilling uh, or anti-petroleum, then they're part of the problem. So, or yeah. if you think they're sho- what did Doug say? They're shoving the Green New Deal or something else down our throats, or you know transgender issues or whatever it was. If you think if you think the Democrats are shoving something down your throat, well then they are fomenting division in the U.S., the Democrats are. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Got more emails rolling in. Mike's back for his one minute of fame and glory. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark.
5: Yeah, uh, I'm just listening to your news, and and I'm trying to justify my position as to why I think like I do. For instance, number one, the uh, FBI agents falsified a FISA, FISA warrant, okay? We know that. That's a fact. Number two, They found no collusion between Trump and Russia, yet people today still believe that he was a pawn of uh, Russia, and that's why he was impeached. So, you know, so there you go on that. (laughs) Now, as far as COVID comes from, okay, now, it's a scientific improbability that zootic transfer cause that virus. I mean, the studies that are out right now that you never see on the mainstream media, and anybody that's in academia won't even discuss them, otherwise they're going to you know, look really bad to the left and to the government funding. So there's two things right there off the top of my head that says, hey, do I trust the news? And that goes right to the fact, do I trust right now, and does anybody that thinks like me trust that Trump had 300 classified documents without justification on his part i mean right now and then nuclear secrets they, they threw out nuclear secrets uh that he had nuclear secrets you know when it didn't seem to be going their way in the beginning because nothing gets people upset more than a nuclear bomb going off over their head so i just want to say i don't really trust the mainstream <laughs> media that much and i don't trust the talking heads
1: Well, Dr. Stein, well, he's not Dr. Steinhorn, I'm sorry. Uh, Professor Steinhorn is, um, you know, uh, somebody who's given a lot of thought to this I mean CBS has determined that he is somebody whose opinions are worthy of hearing and I, I can't disagree with that I think as far as people go on the left and I think he's slightly left he certainly seems balanced to me in other words he's more than willing to talk about the the Republican strengths as well as the weaknesses and the Democratic weaknesses as well as their strengths and I think that makes him a very valuable asset to CBS because frank, frankly some of the other people are pretty far
2: left well and what you and I can- said off Mike, is that there really isn't any right-leaning political analyst to balance that's available on this uh, on the CBS schedule we have to find those individuals ourselves, and of course we've had many many conservatives on this show and that's uh, we'll continue to do so but they're not on the CBS list so basically we have Leonard Steinhorn plus everybody else that we have on the show.
1: Well, and uh, Jeff McCauslin comes across as pretty conservative, he, but he's only on military or affairs. Hawkish, yes. Right, Sorry, on military affairs. Say. And who else have we had on? We've had on Oh,
2: Alf Severs has been here not recently. No, I'm talking
1: about the CBS people. Oh, CBS. Well, Dr. Stein you know, we McFarland, yeah, McFarland. All, yeah. all
2: of them, the whole
1: crew. Yeah, we've had we've had most of them on. I mean, they offer us somebody every Jim morning. Kersula. And we're always glad to have them because they do offer a different perspective from the ones we get on a day-to-day basis around it's, here. And they're smarter than Joe. Well, some yeah, of And them are. I'm not <laughs> saying
5: don't have them. I'm just saying what I'm hearing from uh, that fellow is he is to the left, just like you said, and he tries to hide it possibly because he's well-spoken and he, and he does come across as balanced, but the words that he uses identifies what he is, and it affects, it affects voters, you know, just, you know, what he has to say. For instance, I'm watching uh, Bloomberg News right now to see where the market's going to go today. And one of the things that's scrolling down is the South is turning out to be an abortion desert, okay? Now, they, they use the term desert. Which means, hey, there's nothing there. But I mean, if you're if you're familiar with the desert, it's teeming <laughs> with life. There's a lot. It's not life that you know that we look at you know, on a daily basis. It, it, you know, it, so the fact is, oh. the states in the <laughs> south we are, go. are voting just like the uh, what was it the. Uh, the law that came out from the uh, Supreme Court says, hey, it's up to each state to decide what they want
8: to do on abortion. Right. All right, we got to hit the, the road. Thank
1: you so much, Mike. Yeah, Mike. I'm sorry we have to keep we have to keep moving. We actually wound up giving you a little bit more than your minute. Thank you, sir. That's all right. That's, it. Our that's, our all, all, that's all
2: right. We were Thank listening you. to what you had to say. All right, we'll stop asking people questions who we want to get off the line. How about that? How about if we run the show the right way? All right, one right. 1-800-795-9565. Hold on, callers and emailers and texters. We will be right back. All right, welcome back. to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Joe, you have an opportunity to read one of the panels in front of you, and then we'll take the call. Okay. Uh, one of our emailers says, thank you for having Professor Steinhorn on the show
1: this morning. It was refreshing to hear a new voice provide thoughtful insight on the state of our politics. Um, says, I'm sure you realize that you have many same callers day after day, so having a guest such as Professor Steinhorn is certainly a welcome change. All right. Yeah, he did a
2: super job today. Very interesting. And gave us more time than we were allotted. Yes, he did. We're probably going to get in trouble for that. (laughs) We do get in trouble sometimes. Uh, Dan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
9: Hey, good morning, guys. Well, I agree with Mike's assessment of Professor Steinhorn. He's a lefty. And he he tries to come across with beautiful words. But uh, I don't think, I can't believe any of you people would be fooled by his word salad. He's great with you know, words and things like that to convince you he's not biased but he's definitely a lefty. I wouldn't say really? he comes across as a far left but he's off the center that's for sure but what he indicates and is uh, I might have took it, you said we took it wrong but I think we took it right he calls people like me uh, people that voted for Trump and uh, you know that we follow him regardless of whatever is low information. No, no, people.
2: no, that's not
1: true. That's not what and, he, that's not what he said at all, Dan.
9: Yeah, well okay you can say that well you can alright. <laughs> you have your interpretation doesn't have to be I have mine. And and what he you know what he and most people don't get Trump follows us. I've said that over and over. Trump Follows us now. He he brought we he kind of got to that yesterday, Joe. But I got cut off there. Very rude of you. But he <laughs> COVID nineteen. Uh, he you know you say well Trump was right. i oh, except rec- the vaccines and which aren't vaccines. But the truth is when he brought it up. We, the people at the rally booed Trump. He learned to shut his mouth and follow the people. And that's that's the key to Trump's success. He knows us, you know, and he makes a mistake, he finds out. And just for example, here in Pennsylvania, I didn't follow Trump, I didn't vote for either candidate That he recommended. So I don't see how people like Steinhorn and others say that we followed Trump. Uh, uh, Some people do. Some people do. And I don't follow Trump, I follow what's right, whether Trump endorses it or not. And I believe Trump got it wrong here in Pennsylvania, and I hope we don't pay the price by having two candidates which might may not win you know for the Republican Party
2: what, you mean in if President Trump runs again for president no he's talking about the uh, fall election
9: the, 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 oh, this the, fall. the people in Pennsylvania yeah that he chose they wouldn't have been my choices I don't have a problem with Mastriano but the other one I have a big problem with But I have to vote for him because I can't vote for Uncle Fester. That's for sure, and I certainly can't vote for Superior. He'll be one step worse than Wolf. So I think Trump blew it there, and I wish Trump wouldn't get so involved in our local politics when he don't understand what's, you know, what what we want, so we don't follow Trump. Always remember. Well, you know, if you don't
1: follow Trump, how is it that his endorsed candidates won in Pennsylvania, just out of curiosity?
9: You know, it's sad. That's not me. <laughs> well, That's it's the somebody establishment
7: party.
1: I don't think the establishment voted for Mastriano. They were trying very hard to get uh, <laughs> someone else in there, particularly uh, Lou Barletta, right before the election. That's it's a
2: rank who and I file voted people who are
9: who I, I thought was the right candidate that could win, and his—he he was a Trumper. He was one of the first people out for Trump running for presidents too, and so Great. I think they—I think they made a bad mistake. But we'll see.
2: It'll cost. The,
9: yeah. We shall see later when the after the election, but. Uh, But uh, they always want to call us, you know, a Trump cult, a Trump cult, which is very religious in its connotation, which we're not a cult. We've got people that were left.
2: All right, we got you, Dan. we got to get the next caller going. You're going to be called rude. (laughs) All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in.
9: Nice. Have a good day. Hey, you too, too, buddy.
2: Thank you so much for calling in. All right. That puts Chris on the radio. Go ahead, sir. You're going to be the last caller. Yeah, I agree with
8: Dan. What? Yeah, he's further out than Trump.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's funny. What else? What else?
8: well just what they were what what the last two callers have been talking about uh uh mike was it mike what was before dan yes yes he was he was i should take his word for what the science is instead of science magazine who did the most extensive study on the spread of the virus and how it how it came to be and they say it did not come from the lab and I should take his word for some doctors, uh, some report he read online over the scientific establishment. Well, and That's I what think if, me.
2: if you've followed if he
8: knows this, more, he knows enough about it.
2: And I think if, if you followed this, you see there have been remarks from the scientific community on both sides say, well, you know, the re- release idea is feasible, but also there's plenty the of most evidence.
8: recent extensive study in Science Magazine came to the opposite conclusion that whoever Mike is reading did. Gotcha. And I. I has that been in? He says the mainstream media all censors it all, and all the scientists are afraid. <laughs> but uh, you know that's 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 nice because then you can anything you don't like you can just throw out. That's the way they operate. The other thing he said was he's sure Trump has some justification for having all those top secret documents. Of course, there is no justification, whether they're top secret or not. They're government record documents that belong with the government. They do not belong to Trump.
1: Well, in fairness, they described them as classified documents. What
8: is possible justification? Chris,
1: in fairness, they described them as classified documents. They didn't say they were all top secret.
8: Yeah, well, whether they're even non-secret at all, they don't belong with Trump there. They're part of the government records that belong with the people who keep government records in the government. He, he doesn't have the right to take them away.
1: But he has a right to his own personal papers, does he not?
8: Depends what you, how you your personal. And do you
1: think Donald Trump personally packed those boxes that he sat there deciding this goes in, this goes out? I don't think so.
8: I think he said take those boxes over there.
1: Yeah, but who put, who decided what was in those boxes? If it was Donald, I don't think it was Donald Trump. I think he had well, staff. Well, we know
8: that he went through them now. At least, according to the Times report, him he went through them personally before the first turnover of them.
1: Okay, but that doesn't mean he knew what was in them when he when they were packed. <laughs>
8: Well, he knows what he means. He knows what was in them before he turned them over, and he told some some of them to stay there, and some of them to stay there were marked top secret. But he didn't have right to any of them. They shouldn't have been taken out of the White House at all.
1: So what if that? What about his personal papers that are included in there? What do you there?
8: call a personal paper? His letter to uh, the Korean North Korean leader and the letter he sent to President
2: Trump. His no, I, I would say a memo
1: to his to the to the uh, State Department or the Secretary of State asking him to look at something or do something. Those would why, be his why, personal why papers. Why
8: would he take that?
1: Well, why wouldn't he? If he had, you know, because
8: who, he, it's an official government record. Okay, that's, who, not, that's not him. That's him doing something in his Chris, life of duty.
1: Chris, whose papers are if in the? Saying,
8: if he's saying, I hey, know you don't to want to hear this, Chris. Party.
1: But whose okay, papers? We'll say
8: that's personal.
1: Chris, whose papers All right. are in the? Whose papers are in the Obama Library? Whose papers are in yeah. the Clinton Library?
8: And, and and who's in charge of the papers at the library?
1: The librarian.
8: No. Well, uh, that's the, going to come as a shock the to the librarian. In charge of government and presidential papers it, are the ones who makes the decision where it goes to the library and what can be seen by the library and what is kept in secret in the library. That's a government agency whose job is to do such things.
2: Twenty it more seconds.
8: Obama's press job to grab whatever he wants, and he didn't do it.
2: That's All right, Trump anything
8: else?
2: Anything else, Chris? You got about ten seconds left.
8: I got ten, nine, eight,
2: <laughs> and you wasted a seven, six,
1: five, four, three, All two, right. one, zero. Thank, Thank you. you so
2: much, sir. Thanks for calling in. Always, hey, always.
8: Just they just crazy.
2: They make up what they want to believe. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a national That's dilemma. Right.
1: of
8: crazy.
1: Liberals sane, wow. Repo- conservatives crazy. We got you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. To be continued. All right. We're taking a quickie break. The lines are lit up. Uh, read a one panel before we move on. Doug
1: says to clarify, your guest said some voters are uninformed. Then proceeded to say that if Trump backs a candidate, then that uninformed voter will vote for the candidate simply because Trump said to. I don't have a problem with having a left leaning guest on, but but don't, try, uh, them to, but don't try them to say he was down don't on the middle. Say don't try were. to say he was down on the middle in
2: yeah. his views, okay? We're missing a word.
1: Yeah.
2: You have to go by intent. Well, yeah, I read what's in front of me. <laughs> well, and I know what he means. <laughs> okay. I get it. I get Doug. I know him better than he knows himself. Now, do you really? Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's going to be surprised to hear that. He's a good conservative. All right, we'll be right back. This is Joe
1: Cordell. In other ads, I've talked about... The emailer says i hate it when people say use the phrase shoved down our throats it is what it is and no one is shoving anything people just need to get their heads out of the sand and realize that the world is always evolving people are so stuck in the past and in their comfort zones i feel sorry for them you can read that lower right hand corner too all right steinhorn is a real piece of work gas prices dramatically falling really it's still a dollar fifty more than when biden was installed Okay. He installed. <laughs> <laughs> he was elected by the. Well, they don't the say bishop. elected because that would imply that the election wasn't
2: rigged. Oh, I got you. The bishop. Well, actually, <laughs> gas prices are below four dollars a gallon in Pennsylvania and ninety-three cents more than a year ago. So that's the latest. Tom, thanks for calling in. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark.
6: Yeah, Leonard Steinhorn, as usual, hit it out of the ballpark. Uh, I mean, as far as. Uh, Uninformed voters. There were about seventy-four million of them in the last election.
2: <laughs> okay. And, and if you
6: want to hear uninformed voters, tune into this show
1: every day. Well,
2: I you'll think hear
6: you'll hear so much crazy
7: stuff that. Uh,
1: and yet, we're glad to have you on, Tom. Well, I'm
6: not <laughs> one of the crazy ones.
7: Well does somebody some of the stuff
6: you hear on here? Like what? This 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 Trump is about the biggest crook that this country has ever seen.
2: Oh, we must have had (laughs) one. And they elected him
6: president. And they still stick up for him in spite of all the things in spite of all the things that he's done, they still stick up for him. I mean, I don't know how he gets away with these things.
1: What's he getting away he, with? He pay
6: he paid off a he paid off a porn star and a Playboy bunny. Is that bad? And his lawyer went to jail for it and he didn't get nothing. Why how does that work? Why isn't he why didn't he get a jail sentence and his lawyer did?
2: Maybe his lawyer committed a crime. Yeah, that would be my oh, guess. Oh
6: come on, they they're both, they both figured they had him on the telephone. They had recordings of him on the telephone how they were gonna pull this thing off and Trump was signing the paycheck, was signing the checks to to Cohen while he was in the White House. They have the checks. I mean, the guy's as guilty as sin, and his his lawyer goes to jail and he doesn't.
1: Of guilty as sin of what? Paying paying someone not to say something bad about him. That's not a crime. Well,
6: then why? Then why? Then why did his lawyer go to jail?
1: Because his lawyer lied under oath.
6: And so, well, you can't get Trump to lie on the rope because he won't go under it. Well, that, doesn't that because make I'm him smart? Oak, but he pleads the fifth. Well, I mean, it's just like the last time four, four, hundred forty times he pled the fifth.
1: Well, he's not the when only he, one. When who he pled said the fifth. that
6: Hillary Clinton was a Hillary Clinton was a con was a con and a and a, a mobster for not for when
1: she pleaded the fifth. Hillary pled the fifth. When when did Hillary plead the fifth?
6: Well, whenever she he said her, I guess she didn't. It was her her people that were were under her, you know, her her uh, whatever they
10: call. Well,
1: it, that's a protection guaranteed them, by staff. the United States Constitution. You find a fault with that?
6: Yeah, I do. You you want to, you if you if you didn't do anything wrong, you shouldn't be pleading the fifth.
2: Well, Why are you no, pleading the fifth if you didn't necessarily do anything wrong? True. That's, yeah, not necessarily no, that's not true. necessarily true. A legal true. strategy would say don't give them anything that could be misconstrued or used in another courtroom because he's got, what, seven investigations, so you don't want to give any of those investigations something. You may be 100% innocent, but you don't want to give them details about anything or that you and your lawyers or any anything at all whatsoever that you've done.
6: You watch what happens this next time. This West, What's his name, the lawyer that pled guilty? Wester Weisheimer, Weisheimer. You're what talking is about
1: the person on uh, the the CFO at Trump's organization. Yeah,
6: what's his name? Wes Weiselberg.
1: Weiselberg. Weiselberg. I
6: mean, right. He pled guilty. Now, if he's guilty, Donald Trump has to be guilty. He has to be. The whole family has to be. <laughs> you think he won't get away with it? He will. He got to be guilty. Guilty. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's guy he's the guy that was he's the guy that was giving him these things for to keep it off the tax records he knew what was going on he knew there was two sets of books so, <laughs> well, it's just it's just that people that they they fall for this guy this guy is a big crook
2: well he's the
6: most crookedest person and if you're sticking up for him,
2: Weisenberg really just you
6: must be just like him.
2: He really just so, no, I don't guilty need these to people, sort
6: that of come on here, don't need to give me this they give me their uh, sermons every day of how religious they are and <laughs> how good they are and and, and then they stick up for a guy like Donald Trump.
1: Well, well, I can I hardly wait to see when the, when the Biden family business turns out to be corrupt. I'm I'm going to really enjoy you calling in and telling well, us how bad I, they if are.
6: If they are corrupt, I will, I will say I will come on here and call them corrupt. But right now, I haven't seen any
1: evidence of it.
2: Oh, we gotta go. It's All right, Hunter thank Biden you, Tom. Right.
1: Thanks, Tom. We have to. I'm sorry, we're out of time for this segment. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank All you. All right, one right. Up, no, scratch that. All the lines are busy. All right, uh, thank you. If you're dialing, you're getting a busy signal. That's why we got three callers. We'll be right back. Let's expedite here. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. That's our sponsor. SunburyMotors.com. I've driven the base. The Big Bend and the Outer Banks, Bronco Sports, down at the Sunbury Motor Company. Now I have to do the Badlands, and guess what? They got one that's on the way within two and a half weeks. It'll be here. It's the Bronco that comes with the 30-inch tires already on it and a 6-inch lift and big skid plates across the bottom and that articulating suspension that allows you to wobble it and move it and tells you if you're level or not, although I don't know why you need to know that. But anyway, (laughs) it's all part of the off-road package of the Badlands Bronco Sport that's coming, comes with a big three-liter engine, so it's going to be able to climb rocks and do all the famous uh, Nevada landmarks that are out there. If you so chose, you could get one with a 2.0-liter EcoBoost motor, then your mileage on the highway in the Badlands is going to get a little bit closer to 30 miles to the gallon, but the Badlands is not for uh, the uh, getting high mileage on the highway. It's for going absolutely positively anywhere. It's considered a recreational vehicle, not just a highway transportation family-moving vehicle. It certainly is that, but uh, the Badlands Bronco is on the way at the Sunbury Motor Company. Go down there and see Kyle and Alphonse and the rest of the crew at the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Back to the Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, upper right-hand corner.
1: Real quick, Rob says, in response to Chris, science is never final. I remember the Time Magazine article warning us of the coming ice age. Coffee is bad. Coffee is good for you, with many other flips of science based on current data. To say that one study is the final answer to something is absurd. I think he said it was
2: their opinion, their conclusion, which is an opinion. Uh, Al, two minutes. Go.
7: Okay, thanks. Um, Well, I'm calling to see if you would ever uh, consider having a Fox uh, person come on or a Newsmax person come on the way uh, your first guest was today. And then go from there. We're not and, a Fox and,
1: News station, and we're not a Newsmax
2: station. We are CBS,
7: however, and CBS mean? makes you the can't, offer. You can't invite somebody from Fox? We we have, have a thousand would, what would their incentive be?
2: <laughs> Besides, we have a 1,000 conservatives on the show every day, so it's not like it's we're lacking uh, a the conservative viewpoint. viewpoint.
7: Well, I'm just wondering if they would drop the words like low-information voters, uh, carpetbaggers, <laughs> Uh, radical, Al. I mean,
2: do you think every voter? Would they drop voter, their
7: bombs on everybody?
2: Al, do you think every voter is as informed as you, or some less so?
7: Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm hoping a lot are well informed.
2: Do you think all because voters are informed the Democratic as informed Party you is, or is or the one so.
7: causing the insurrections going on around. here. Okay. I mean, they're going against the Constitution all over the place. Well, let me
2: ask you this, and it Al. Started,
7: and it started with the. Uh, sanctuary cities.
1: If someone voted opposite to you, would they inherently be low information because they disagree with you? No, no.
7: (laughs) It's it's the information and what you choose to to pick these days because you can pick and choose any information you want right now. If you want to be far left, you can pick that information and find it on your news. If you want to listen to conservative radio, you're going to listen to that. I try and mix it up. I I switch around during commercials and, and, uh, if they, I find them interesting, I, I listen to what C,
2: CNC or... Oh, that's two, almost two minutes. Oh, go ahead. Another couple of seconds. Go ahead.
7: Well, I, I listen to the other side, too. All and, right. you know, it's where you get your information.
2: How about All right. it? All right. Thank you so much, Thanks. sir. Thanks for calling. In. Uh, Bob, you are on the mark. You get two minutes if you need Good it. Good
11: morning. I'd like to make three statements, and then maybe you can answer if you want. I'd be occasion to go to the Grove over the weekend. The gas in Schmokin Dam, almost worse, I'm sorry, was $0.23 cents a gallon higher than here in Northumberland. Number, number two statement of the, the uh, FBI that uh, did the red dossier and all that and came up embarrassed. I understand they took that whole team and sent them down to Mar-a-Lago and uh, sent all the, the brass along with it. You know, I guess they were kind of shamed at what they got. And my last statement, I just saw that there's building material around uh, Biden's summer home to build a fence. Now, how, how hypocritical can this be? Thank does, you. You answer.
2: He doesn't want illegal immigrants to get on the property, I guess. Well, then don't let them in.
1: More interesting is the mayor of uh, Washington, D.C., was calling for National Guard help to help with a few immigrants that have taken them up on the bus rides up from Texas. Amazing. Yeah.
11: <laughs> Yeah, they cry when it's in their pocket, but they they don't care what happens to everybody else. No, Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you.
2: you. All right, Stan, you're going to be the last caller of the day. Go right ahead.
10: Uh, Tom calls everybody crazy, but I do think he's certifiable. If he wanted to purchase a gun and have it transferred, I probably would turn him down.
2: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> mental health concerns. I got gotcha. you.
10: <laughs> you know, Chris calls up and says that, uh, you know, that article says that the COVID didn't originate in a lab, wasn't a lab leak, blah, 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 blah. Really? How how much access do you think those writers of that article had to the, the actual information from the CHICOMs? Because they're the ones controlling what comes out of China. Nobody else does. So they only allow people to see what they want them to see. So if the Chinese government says, nope, no, no lab leak, it all came from the, the wet market there next door, then that's where it came from. Well, you know, the Tricoms have been lying to the world for years, and why should we believe them now?
1: No reason I can think of.
10: That's exactly right, but Chris does. But I believes him. He, he, he believes that article and the only place that article could get its information would be from the chicoms
2: well but listen there's a, a lot more to it than that we've heard a lot of scientific information some of which probably was from you know China and you know may be tainted with their viewpoints but a lot of other information is done empirically using genetics of what exists in the world that we know for sure and what exists in these variants that are out there and there may be a scientific opinion that it came from nature but it's not a definitive fact that can be decided and in, in you know, so I think that's your idea that it came from a lab and was released and was part of a conspiracy and so on and so forth well, or part of weapons. Well, wait a minute, Mark. Mark. You can I back never that said up. it was intentionally released. Right. Okay, that's fine. No, I didn't say that. I'm just saying you can back mm-hmm. that up. There's information that can say that that's a true statement. And what Chris said, there is some information. I'm just saying that nobody can come on the show and say we know the absolute definitive fact. You know, we have a whistleblower or somebody that's come forward and say this. We don't know
10: my point exactly but Chris seems to make it that that's fact that because this article says it didn't happen it didn't happen all right now there are I've seen stuff where the people that have uh, looked at the virus says there's precursors or stuff in the virus that does not come from nature it had to come from somebody fiddling with the virus evidently the coronavirus is in nature all right from my understanding how this works there is a coronaviruses in nature that are natural. Now, whether it jump from can jump from human uh, animal to a human automatically is up for debate. But the people that studied the virus have said that there's stuff in that virus that does not occur in nature. That means it was manipulated by humans for whatever purpose. I don't know what the purpose is, and I'll never will will probably never know because this stuff is all under wraps. All right. And that's you know that's just the way the way the the way the world is we will never be told the t- truth
2: All right Well, you got 3 you literally got
1: the last word Chris. right
2: you got 3 <laughs> minutes cuz the previous caller only used one so have a good one. Thank you all so right. much, sir. Thanks for calling in. Thank you, Joe. It's Thanks right. for cat birding yesterday. See you tomorrow, man. Tremendous <laughs> surprise to everybody involved, not the least of whom. <laughs> you. Me, yes. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury. Next up, the Dan Patrick Show. This is WKOK Sunbury. 10 o'clock.